All right, we're back. So welcome back, everyone, to another uh, YouTube live stream here. This one, I'm going to cover three surprising things that can improve your cardio. And so uh, this came up. I was talking with some, uh, corresponding with some riders about off-season training. It's coming up, and so they're wanting to know, what can I do to improve my cardio? And this seems to be, I, I really don't know I've ever come across a mountain biker who didn't feel like they wanted to improve their cardio on some level. And so it's a really you know hot topic, especially as off-season's coming up. Uh, what do I do to improve that? And so a lot of riders in, invest like time and money and effort into improving their cardio, uh, you know, specifically their mountain bike uh, cardio, you know, to help them on the trail. And so what I wanted to do is share a few things that through my research over the last uh, several years um, are some things that you may not have thought about that can improve your uh, your cardio. And so the first one of those things is isometrics. So isometrics are something that most people think of as a strength training tool, uh, but there's some really interesting research behind it and also just some, you know, application uh, from, you know, uh, from the skills that you get from doing it. So first, like isometrics are a great way to learn how to apply proper breathing to different levels of tension in important positions. So this is something that, again, I don't think a lot of people uh, appreciate, but if you're doing an exercise, you know, we see us moving, right? But we don't think about like, well, each one of those, like we're basically moving through several positions as we're doing it. So say, for example, we're doing a, a deadlift, right? A, a real popular exercise for mountain bikers, works on that hip hinge, which is really important on the bike. And so the, uh, but as you're doing a deadlift, you're going through several positions. And so what you can do with isometrics is put yourself in these different positions and then you're either creating tension there or you're just like resisting tension. There's a couple different ways to do it. And you're, you're going to have to breathe properly in order to do this. And so, and because you're not moving, the only thing that you have to do is focus on your breathing. And so your breathing is a really, uh, it's that foundation for cardio, right? Like I, I, I've said this for years, like if you're not breathing properly, then, and you're doing cardio training, like what are you training? Your, your crappy breathing habits? Like that's really what you're training, right? So if you don't want to be training crappy breathing habits, you got to make sure that you don't have crappy breathing habits, which means that you need to be doing something to help you improve your breathing. And so isometrics are a great way to, to apply proper breathing to different tension levels, um, you know, in, in these different positions that can be, you know, your squats, your hinge, you know, your presses, your pulls. Like I, I personally liked a bottom of the push-up, like being able to hold the bottom of a push-up position. A lot of people can do planks on their elbows or they can do high planks, which is basically like the top of a push-up, but try holding the bottom of a push-up where your chest is just a couple inches off the ground and hold that position for 30, 60, 90 seconds, right? Or uh, the bottom of a lunge. That's another really good one for mountain bikers. And so like those are, are good examples of positions that we get in, right? So if you're, you know, that low push-up position, if you're in like a low hinge position, you're having to get low on the bike for some reason, like that is uh, very close to the, the position that you're going to be in, uh, in a push-up, right? That, that horizontal pressing motion is what you're using to move your upper body through the cockpit. And so the bottom of that horizontal pressing motion, you know, which the push-up is one of those exercises is going to help, you know, simulate the bottom of that, that range of motion 
uh, throughout your cockpit on the bike. And so if you find that you have trouble holding that position and that, you know, when you're down in that position, your, your breathing is being compromised, you're going into, into bad positions and then you're doing that on the bike as well. Now you may move through that position very quickly, but every time you get in that position, you are, are breathing inefficiently, you're moving inefficiently and, and that's using more energy than you need to. So it's that, that stuff adds up. Like that's one of the things that, that a lot of people need to think more about is it's not just about building a, a, a bigger gas tank. It's about being more efficient with the gas tank that you have as well, right? So uh, another thing that isometrics do, uh, one of the studies that I came across actually found that isometric exercises increase the enzymes responsible for aerobic metabolism which means that the enzymes that your muscles need to metabolize oxygen to create uh, energy, they are increased through isometric exercise. And again, it kind of makes sense when you think about it because you are under just constant tension. This is another thing that I like isometrics for from a cardio standpoint is I talk a lot about the difference between high tension and low tension cardio. And a lot of riders are weaker with high tension cardio efforts. That's why spending all off season doing like you know, low tension, high RPM spinning on a road bike isn't going to help you for the realities of the trail, which tends to be more of a high tension environment than the road does. And so that that high tension cardio tends to be a weak link for a lot of riders. And so you can, uh, you know, attack that through intervals, kettlebell swings. There's all sorts of different ways that you can do that. But with your isometrics are the highest level of high cardio tension that you can achieve right because if you're at the bottom of a squat and you're holding that you have to hold that that tension for the entire time you're, there's nowhere to hide like when you're doing any sort of like cyclical movement or any sort of movement there's spots within that range of motion that you're able to kind of rest a little bit not you know they're just easier than the rest of it right and so but by being in the hardest position and having to hold that the whole time you're under this constant tension so your body is having to figure out how do i fuel this tension for uh, under this high tension effort for you know a, a thirty seconds, a minute, minute and a half, and so the, the, that is high tension cardio. And again, the science has shown that that'll increase the uh, enzymes responsible for aerobic metabolism. So something that we think of as a strength training method actually has a lot of carryover and actually can create physical changes in the body that will help with your cardio. Another thing that you can do is incorporating uh, breath work or breathing drills. And so this was. Uh, interesting study that I came across where they showed that you could actually uh, double, like close to double your results from a cardio training program as measured by improvements in VO2 max, simply by adding some, some breathing drills. So I, you know, I looked at the study and it was really, really interesting, you know, when you, when you dig into the, uh, the, the numbers behind it. So on its surface, right? So what they did is they took a group of people and they each did the same cardio training program, one group did what's known as the Bucheco uh, breathing method, which is a series of breathing drills and, and uses some breath holds. And uh, the other group did not do that. And now both groups had improvements from the cardio training program, but the group that did the breathing drills saw significantly more improvements than the group that did not. And so the average was uh, improvement in, in VO2 max for the group that did the breathing drills was 13.1%. And the group that didn't do the breathing drills was 7.2%. So again, almost double the results as measured by a, a percentage increase in VO2 max. And so when you dig into the numbers, it was even more impressive, right? Like the largest gain 
was 31.1% in their VO2 max. And that was from the breathwork group. The top three improvements uh, all came from the breathwork group, as well as eight of the top 10 improvements came from the breathwork group. The smallest gain from the breathwork group was 5.6%. And the smallest gain in the cardio only group was only 1.6%, which is you know pretty small. And then finally, if you look at the average uh, or the largest cardio gain from the cardio only group, the people that did not do the breath work, the largest gain was only 7.1%. Remember, the largest gain in the breath work group was 31%. And 7.1% is uh, was the average, right, for um, the breath work group. So I think the, the largest gain was like 13.1%. I, I had this written down wrong. And so it was, uh, again, but it's still, it's like 13% was the average for the breathwork group. And that was the highest uh, improvement seen in the group that did not do the breathwork drill. So pretty impressive stuff. If you, you know, are looking at that, if you really want to maximize your gains, especially when it comes to VO2 max and and cardio uh, fitness and like that then and you're not doing some sort of breathing or breathwork drills, you're leaving a lot of gains on the table there. And so make sure that you are doing that. Again, I just came out with the Better Breathing for uh, MTV program, which shows you how to incorporate a lot of this stuff. You can also check out the Bucheco method. They have a website. Um, uh, the Oxygen Advantage is another great resource for you on these things. So there's a lot of great resources for you out there. Uh, but you should be doing some sort of breathing or breathwork drills to maximize what you're getting from your your cardio workouts. And again, the science is pretty freaking clear. That one study was was uh, was very impressive. Um, so the third thing that you sh- should be doing if you want to maximize your your cardio gains on the trail is doing breath hold uh, cardio, right? And so again, this is something that you're going to be hearing a lot more about over the next like five ten years. But breath hold cardio, again, there's a lot of science behind this that shows that it has some pretty profound effects on the body. So one of the things that I've been trying to help riders understand is the importance of CO2 tolerance for their, their overall cardio. And because that that uh, panicky, like, holy crap, I can't catch my breath feeling that we get on a hard climb or a hard sprint, that is not a matter of running out of gas. That is a matter of your CO2 rising to a point that it triggers that panicky feeling. And so just like anything else, you can train this though. And so you can do uh, breath hold cardio, which will improve your CO2 tolerance, which means you can push harder and longer before you trigger that, that panicky, holy crap, I can't catch my breath feeling. Breath holds uh, also trigger a release of EPO, right? And this is, this is the, the drug that road cyclists are always getting in trouble for taking. Like if you take EPO, what it does is it stimulates your bone marrow to produce more red blood cells. And the more red blood cells you have, the higher your hematocrit level is, which is the percentage of red blood cells in your bloodstream. And the more, the higher your hematocrit level is, the, the more oxygen that you can carry to working muscle. So this is why uh, road cyclists and, and you know, other endurance athletes take EPO is because it helps their, their uh, cardio that way. So you can produce or stimulate natural EPO which is a naturally occurring hormone in the body, right? But that gets stimulated from breath holds. And so when you do breath holds, it stimulates a re- release of EPO and the EPO uh, stimulates a release of more red blood cells. And that is what increases your hematocrit levels. And you have a higher, uh, pr- you know, you can, you have more red blood cells to carry oxygen to working muscles, 
which is a, an important part of your overall cardio fitness. Um, breath holds also improve the strength of your respiratory muscles. They're basically like an isometric contraction for your, uh, uh, you know, your respiratory muscles, because even though you're saying don't breathe and you're forcing yourself to not breathe, your muscles still want to move. You're, they're still getting the signal from the brain to contract. And so you holding them and not letting them move is basically an isometric contraction of the respiratory muscles. And then that's, what's going to, um, you know, it increases the strength of your respiratory muscles. And again, this is something that regular cardio, even like hard intervals have not been shown to do. And so you, you would think like, and you know, I'm sure there's some results from that and, you know, some gains in that at the very beginning, but, uh, after that, like after some initial gains, you're not getting more from doing more hard intervals and stuff like that. Right. So again, hard intervals and regular cardio definitely has a place. Like I'm not saying to, you know, throw that stuff out, but I'm saying is that, you know, there's more tools in our toolbox now, uh, than just, you know, regular cardio and hard intervals. And we can use these tools to maximize our gains with the other things that we're doing. Okay. So, uh, and again, another thing that breath hold cardio does is it improves your ability to buffer lactic acid. Cause again, you're, you're holding your breath, which means you're not getting oxygen in, which means that you're burning through the oxygen that you have very quickly. You're not able to repay the oxygen debt that you're building up from the movement that you're doing. And so you're creating lactic acid uh, very quickly with breath hold cardio. And so your body's having to learn how to buffer that. And again, it's a different thing, right? Like we think of, of lactic acid is in, and associating that with hard intervals, right? And that super hard burn in the muscles. But that is like building um, an extreme level of fatigue in the muscles. So you can also create this through, uh, again, the breath hold cardio, which uh, creates the lactic acid and it does it in a, I guess, gentler way, right? Because one of the problems with hard intervals is that you are, they're hard, right? They're hard on your body. They're hard physically. They take a lot to recover from. And so you can only do so many of them before you, you start to create problems. And so breath hold cardio is another way for us to work on this ability to buffer lactic acid without incurring the same level of, uh, you know, just um, physical expenditure and need to recover from and stuff like that, right? So, uh, so anyway, so those are the top three things, right? Isometrics, uh, breath work, uh, you know, breathing drills, and then breath hold cardio. So those three things, if you add those into your program, if you're not doing them already, I guarantee you that you're going to see better results from the cardio training that you are uh, doing and, and, uh, and, and the transfer of that cardio, even more importantly to the trail, because that's, again, a big problem is you may be doing a cardio program, but is it really helping your mountain bike specific cardio? And a lot of it isn't, right? Like this is one of the reasons I talk about not following a road riding program or something based on road riding programs in the off season, because the cardio that you build for riding on the road, like, yeah, they are super impressive. They have giant engines, right? And they can go and go and go. But the context that they need that cardio in is different than the context that we need cardio in on the trail. And context is super important when it comes to the results that you're getting and how those results are going to transfer over to what you want them to do. And so, again, it's another reason that a lot of riders struggle in the early uh, season. You know, they've been doing all this cardio in the off season, then they start riding. They feel like they kind of still got to ride themselves into shape on some level. It's because they haven't actually addressed things like high tension cardio, uh, you know, their ability to their, their CO2 levels. Like these are the things that, that happen on the trail 
that you're able to control to a greater degree on the road. And so, but your ability to deal with these things is super important uh, on the trail. So a little bonus one that I wanted to throw in there is strength training. And again, this is, uh, you know, you, you've, you've probably heard this before. I've, I've talked about this many times, why strength training is important for you in your overall fitness and, and also your cardio fitness, because strength training, if done properly, and I, I talked about before, like how I don't actually like the term strength training, because it, it gives the impression that the whole thing is about chasing numbers, right? Like how to, what is strength? Well, strength is how many reps you're doing or how much weight you're lifting. And so people chase these numbers as opposed to like learning to move better. That's what good strength training should do is make you a better mover. And then those increased numbers are a result of better movement, right? So you're focusing on moving better and the numbers are, are going up. But if you're focused on the numbers going up, you may not be moving better. And so, you know, some of this depends on what you're doing. And I think this is also why some riders have good results from strength training and some riders don't is because, well, what's the context? Like what kind of strength training program are they following and are they becoming better, more efficient movers as a result of it? Or are they just like chasing numbers in the gym? But if you're becoming a more efficient mover from your strength training, then you're going to be able to burn less energy for the same effort. Right. And so uh, your your uh, ability to move efficiently on the bike to uh, to harden. Right. Like so it's kind of like a an, uh, um, creating a, a stress proof uh, body. Right. So you get, um, you know, high levels of tension aren't going to break you down. Hard hits on the trail aren't going to break you down the same way. And so you're just going to be a more efficient machine, which means that the cardio engine that you have, you're going to be able to use that energy more efficiently and get more out of it. And so, so if you're not doing strength training, then you should be doing strength training. I, it's, I'm going to do a, a post on this, why strength training is the most important thing that you can do if you're not doing it. But once you start doing it, it's not the most important thing you can do, right? It, it becomes like part of a bigger picture, but it, it can be kind of hard for people to wrap their mind around. It's like, well, is it most important? Is it important or is it not important? It's like, well, you know, both really. It, it, it's important and it can be the most important thing if you're not doing it. But once you start doing it, then you need to prioritize it properly rather than, than think you're just going to be a better mountain biker, the stronger you get, right? Like I was talking about, sometimes people can chase the wrong things with strength training and, and not see the results on the trail. So, but anyway, so make sure that you're following some sort of strength training program, preferably something designed with mountain biking in mind. So again, I've got a bunch of programs on, on my website at bikejames.com that you can use if you don't have anything, or you can hit me up at james at bikejames.com and ask me if you got some questions on any of this or anything else to do with your off-season training. I'm always happy to help. So yeah, we're going to go ahead and uh, wrap this up and hope everyone has a good weekend and I will talk to everybody next week.